are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the show, Off and Running with You. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. For those that were tuning in at the end of hour one and you heard uh, the interview with young Olivia, who was in the top ten in the national at, at the National Cornbread Festival cook-off. She was in the top 10, got to go up there, and she made her cornbread recipe in front of the judges and while everybody else was cooking, too. And uh, It's just a really neat. I'm fascinated with that kind. I'm just absolutely fascinated with it. Love it. And part of the reason is she did. We go to church with them, and I did get a sample of it. (laughs) It is really good, and uh, I'd like to try to make it myself. So several have mentioned, they said, hey, go slow when you read the cornbread recipe. Well, I was sort of running out of time, and I know I sped through it. So for you, Joe, Mailman, and CWR, and others, Legba, who you were writing it down, uh, with Olivia's permission, I posted her uh, cornbread recipe on Twitter, um, Radio Wyatt, Twitter slash X, whatever. Uh, just posted it right there. So you don't, you don't have to wear your pencil down and run out of ink trying to write too fast. Um, Craig, he w- he wanted the recipe, and he's on Facebook. He comments on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com. Speaking of family-owned, contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi, going all the way back to 1996. So, you know, your team, your company, your business, doesn't matter how big, how small, how medium, whatever what size order, you need stuff embroidered with logos, whatever, custom apparel, that's where you go. Look them up online, murraywest.com. You can see some of the folks they work with and for. Genteel, Prairie Wildlife, Ole Miss, Ole Miss Athletics, others. So many high schools around the state. Um, Go there. Craig on the Murray West Live thread on Facebook says, I'll be looking on Twitter uh, too fast for this slow rider. (laughs) I know. I had to go through it quickly. Uh, Redacted said, awesome interview, Matt. Uh, I bought Jiffy this morning, so imagine how I feel right about now. <laughs> uh, Gregory says, that's almost like Mexican cornbread. Just add a little cheese, mix it in, cover the top with cheese, and cook it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Sandra on Facebook said, Olivia is the best. She's an amazing young lady. I love her lots. Hey, and she really is. Um, exceptional. I tell you, I, maybe your church is this way too, but I got to brag on First Baptist Church, Tupelo. We have some exceptional kids uh, in our church. I mean, in lots of different ways, but uh, she's one of them. Uh, my dad was uh, listening to that interview, tuning in online down in Dothan, Alabama, and he texted me and said, um, here, I'll put it up on my my iPhone from C Spire. He texted me and it said, Olivia will be a good cook, but she's an excellent speaker. I would encourage her to pursue public speaking. She's a, she's a neat kid for sure. He's right about that. RT says at, during the interview, uh, she makes me proud to be a dad and an American. That's why your show is the best. I want bean soup with ham hocks and cornbread right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. That sounds really good. <clears throat> RT, if you make some, like, 
Shoot me a pen. I'll be there shortly. Uh, Grumpy Texas Show. What's up, Grumpy? Hey, speaking of, speaking of nice people, I don't know that we covered this. I have, I have a poor memory right now. Hey, B. Hey, Matt Wyatt. Did we talk about it on the air yet, what Grumpy did for you? I don't think so. Okay. I knew you and I talked about it. Okay, so we didn't make it on the air with this on Monday because I'm, I got a terrible memory. Beaver, you have the floor, sir. Enlighten our listeners on what a great guy, ironically, Grumpy is. <laughs> yeah. So last Wednesday, I believe it was, I got done with your show. I walked out of the studio, and as soon as I turned the corner, I get in the hallway, and I hear this voice from up front, and it's a guy saying, "Well, be sure to make sure, or be sure to let Beaver know how much I appreciate him." And I was like, two things: what I don't know that voice. Where's that? Who's saying that? And B two, it's definitely not anyone that works here, because Alpha Media doesn't care about me, and. I'm in the production room, and Allison, our receptionist up front, she comes back there, and she gives me this box from Primo's. And there's a note on the front. It says, B, have a great day, grumpy. How about that? And in this box was, from Primo's, quality items, a big old muffin, a sugar cookie, two chocolate chip cookies, and a large gingerbread man. How about that? Grumpy. That was, yeah. Thank you, Grumpy. That was really, truly awesome. And extremely unexpected. And delicious, by the way. So thank you, Grumpy. I, I really appreciated that. Uh, you know, I am so impressed with thoughtful people, Beaver. But, but you know, my theory, like there's a lot of, I think, thoughtful people but I'm impressed with the ones who actually then turn it into doing something. <laughs> like, you know, Annabeth has that ability, and Grumpy does as well. Like, they just show up out of nowhere and bless you with something, you know, and it's just, it's so nice. Um, so, Grumpy, that is really cool. Uh, Beaver sent me a, a picture or a quick video. He's like, look at what's in this box. And I got to say, of all the things in that box, Beaver, and a big muffin, and it was a giant muffin from Primo's, it looked great. But that giant gingerbread cookie really piqued my interest. Uh, it was the best item in the box. Okay. It was, yeah, it was really good. Was it soft or not soft? Soft. Soft. A giant soft gingerbread cookie. Whew. Let me, hold on, I gotta, hold on, I gotta type something. Dear Grumpy, here is my home address. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. That's really cool. Really cool. Uh, let's see. Bulldog Barney just texts the show. He says, just tuning in. Hoping you're having a blessed day. I see that Coach Knox is still with us. Great news. Any news or scoop on the defensive coordinator? Great show. And Hale State. Well, Hale State back at you, Bulldog Barney. Yeah, I was just going to read that. I saw that from about 15 minutes ago. It was posted on social media, on Twitter. Here is the official tweet, okay, now 27 minutes ago from the official Mississippi State football account. It says, Coach Knox is staying home. 
Coach Levy has named Coach Knox the Director of Career and Professional Development and a leader of our new DOG program. It's spelled D-A-W-G, but it's an acronym. It's D, period, A, period, W, period, G, period. You get the point there. DOG program, D-A-W-G, all caps with periods. I'm sorry. Uh, and so I thought, all right, I'm going to click the link here. Maybe this will spell that out. So here's what that is. DOG stands for Developing a Winning Game Plan. Developing a Winning Game Plan. Game Plan would be one word in this case. DOG, D-A-W-G, <laughs> Developing a Winning Game Plan. The new program created by head coach Jeff Levy is designed to show the commitment that Mississippi State has to ensure its current players find success on and off the field while also ensuring our former players know they always have a home at Mississippi State. So that is what that is. So it's a new program. It sounds like it's a, you know, maybe a a broad you know, uh, career slash social slash personal development type thing and sort of a liaison to former players. Okay, so Greg Knox in that position. Um, as well as Director of Career and Professional Development. So that's the, the name of that position. So he's going to be there and be a big part of it. And people are really happy about that. Greg's one of those guys that you know, you can't – this is my uh, impression. You can't be around Greg Knox and not have a good time. <laughs> it's like you can't do it. He's – he kind of lights things up. And that's really good. Flowtown Ghost sent me that as well. Okay, uh, also Scott on the Country Pleasing text line. He said he just printed the – uh, recipe cornbread coming up. Let me know what you let me know how it turns out for you, Scott, when y'all get through with that. Oh, and let me go back to that real quick, too. For those listening, if you're in the car, like you're listening, you can't write it down. This is what I didn't get to. So you had all those ingredients. It it had a mixture of white and yellow self-rising cornmeal, all-purpose flour, teeny tiny bit of baking soda, dried basil, orange peppers chopped up, jalapenos chopped up, bell pepper chopped up, whole buttermilk, a little bit of vegetable oil for the purpose of the pan or the skillet, right, in the uh, in the oven. One tablespoon of honey, just a little bit of that to sweeten it, not much. And then uh, three tablespoons of vegetable oil for the skillet. Um, 400 degrees, nine-inch skillet, coat the sides and the bottom, put it in the oven while it's preheating. Old tried and true. Um, mix the, the ingredients, the dry ingredients in a bowl. Mix them up. Chop peppers. Mix it in well. Then add the wet ingredients like the buttermilk, the oil. There's no egg in here. Stir it until it's all moistened. And then, if you can, let the batter rest for 5 to 10 minutes. When the oven reaches 400, get the hot skillet out. Use a pot holder. <laughs> Let me just stop right there and just say, okay, I did it one time. I reached in the oven and grabbed the handle of a cast iron skillet 
without a pot hand, a pot holder. Not thinking, didn't think. Reached in there and grabbed it. I just, I was in a hurry, wasn't thinking. I left some of the skin from my hand on the handle of that hot cast iron skillet. It's it was on there. Like it's rough. Word of the wise. Here's a pot holder. Uh, you get the hot skillet out, pour in the cornbread mixture, cook it at 400 degrees till golden brown, 20-35 minutes. Here's what I left off. If possible, let the cornbread cool for 10 minutes. Garnish, if desired, with fresh basil, a slice of jalapeno. Yeah! Come on! <laughs> I want it now. And then drizzle it with a little bit of honey. Man, doesn't it sound good? I'm telling you, I've had it. It tastes good as it sounds. Uh, Ellis Hugh texts the show, the Country Pleasing text line, and said, Primo's gingerbread men are legit. Well, they looked that way, and, and uh, Beaver's over here testifying as we speak. Uh, now, somebody says, hey, Matt, what are your thoughts on Derek Mason as a possible defensive coordinator? Well, you know, uh, yeah, look, you're talking about a guy who – uh, was a head coach in the SEC, respected guy f- first and foremost. Um, you know, he did. He, he had a really short stint right at Auburn after he left Vandy, just kind of rolling in there trying to pick up the pieces under Brian Harson. But that thing was, I don't know. He didn't do a poor job, but was he the DC at Auburn that day? They couldn't stop Will Rogers from throwing touchdowns. 40-something unanswered points running the same play every time they get on the goal line? Well, look, I still think he's a good defensive coordinator. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset about that one bit. Miko texts the show and says that position doesn't allow Greg Knox to recruit, does it? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that's a recruiting position. Um, Brad. Brad texts the show, Country Pleasing Text Line, says, uh, Yes, there's all kinds of nice people, Matt and Beaver. Those that get out in the rain and bring you barbecue from Divinity Equipment so you wouldn't have to get out. Like <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield, no respect. Just giving you all a hard time. Love the show. Yeah, Brad, we remember and thank you very, very much on behalf of everybody. <laughs> really do appreciate that. RT has another idea for something to eat. He says, smothered steak, rice and gravy, butter beans, and Olivia's cornbread. Stop it. Just stop it. You know what I ate for lunch today? Cold leftover Cane's chicken. Now, there are a lot of people who would be happy to have that. I was happy to have it. Not complaining one bit. I'd rather have, for the record, smothered steak, rice and gravy, butter beans, and Olivia's cornbread. Okay, for the record. No, I'm just messing with you. Appreciate that. Let's head over to the uh, Murray West live thread, too. If you're on the live stream today, YouTube, Facebook, hate it, y'all. Also, the ones that are throwing up the X out there on Twitter or Exeter or whatever it is now, uh, hate it, y'all. Feel free to drop in a comment here. It'll pop up on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com, contract embroidery company here in Mississippi. 
Uh, Legba, you're right. He says, you're only going to grab that hot skillet once. That's it. You'll never forget it after it happens at one time. Now, AB commented on YouTube. I was reading what the dog thing is. He says, yeah, ha-ha. He says, I like that. I think the dog plan sounds really great. Glad a great person like Coach Knox is leading this. He'll be great at this. Well, I think he will, too. Michael says on YouTube, does Greg Knox's position come with a four-wheeler? <laughs> yeah, um, it ought to, right? And look, okay, you let's be real here. You could tell that Coach Knox hasn't spent just a ton of time riding four-wheelers. Right? He wasn't super comfortable on it. He did a pretty good job. And the biggest thing was don't run out there and run over somebody on national television right before the Egg Bowl. Okay, I was, I didn't know what to expect. I had seen the clip where the week before he just kind of he pulled up the four-wheeler amongst the players in the locker room. This is different, though. You're out in the open. You're riding it out of the tunnel. And I didn't know what to expect. I kind of thought, now, look, this is the last game here this year. So if he rides this thing out to midfield and turns a donut out there, I'm going to love it. <laughs> Even if it does tear up the logo a little bit, just go ahead on and do it. I thought, now it's, if he comes flying out of there on a four-wheeler, you know, and the players are chasing him, <laughs> and I'm going to like this. But they didn't risk that. He did ride the four-wheeler out. There's a story behind it, a meaning behind it. It wasn't just for show. But he just sort of boodin boodin and then turned to the right and got out of everybody's way. And I guess that was the safest route. I guess that made sense. But get that man a four-wheeler. Get him comfortable on it. Uh, Will described the dog program as the don't blow your NIL money and assume you're going to the NFL plan. <laughs> I'm going to have to remember that one, Will. And I think there may be a lot of truth in that. Well, but hey, look, you know, with the with – with the, College sports world the way it is, really and truly, I, we kind of have to start moving away from this whole thing of going, hey, they're still just kids. They're 19, they're 20, they think they're grown, but they're not. You know, they're still just young. We kind of got to, like, you got to ramp them up. You got you to gotta start in high school. There can be no more, well, he's 18, he's 19. No. he's. You got to get them ready for the real world, financially, everything, quick, earlier than, than you used to. I mean, you just have to. And, and it's not anybody's fault. It's just the way things have happened. Uh, hey, a couple of more cornbread thoughts here. <laughs> we got some more coming. I told you food's more important. Cornbread is a great unifier. Okay, and like J-Rock said to me earlier in, in the first hour, and he's exactly right about this, he said, hey, Matt, good cornbread, unlike sports, won't let you down, won't break your heart, and will not, under any circumstance, enter the transfer portal. <laughs> RT says, imagine if you melted some state cheese on that cornbread. Bring that on. Uh, Will said that Olivia's recipe would 
be great with chili or taco soup. Oh, it absolutely would. Or just milk. You ever eat cornbread and milk? I'm a big fan of chili. I like chili a lot. Too much. I've had some times where I really overdid it <laughs> eating some homemade chili. And that sounds good, too. Will said, how about a plate of fried catfish, mac and cheese, collard greens, and jalapeno cornbread? Bring that on. Y'all are downright cruel. Man's got to stand up here and talk for two hours and sending him those kinds of recipes. <laughs> um, what did RT say? He says, I remember my uncle Shorty McWilliams would grab my collarbone every holiday, and I'd say, state only makes good cheese. <laughs> I'm a rebel. Shorty McWilliams. You know what, RT, that's a blast from the past, and I think there's probably a whole generation of people that we got to make sure they know about people like Shorty McWilliams. It's interesting. I, it seems like you told me one time before that you were related to him. Um, we used to have a an old gentleman from Starkville who I think he was this show. Mr. Ruby, Mr. Roy Ruby used to call this show and he would tell me that Shorty McWilliams was the greatest athlete he had ever seen. Thanks for sending that name. I hadn't seen that or heard that in a while. Hey, coming up next, do y'all remember what Mike Leach said five years ago about the playoff? We're going to harken back on that next and hear it again because it's our duty to remember that he was absolutely 100% right way before anybody would listen to him about it or take him seriously. Coming up next, stick around. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. I enjoyed this from uh, from Bulldog Blitz. He texted me a minute ago. Somebody brought it. We were talking cornbread. And somebody, he's a mess. <laughs> no, he's not a mess. He's not a mess. He's not. Bulldog Blitz, we were talking about cornbread, and he texted the show and said, the only thing, we were talking cornbread, and then it, chili and taco soup. I said, I love chili. He said, the only thing I've done in Oxford that was worth doing was winning a chili cook-off up there. Gave him a hail state from the awards stage. <laughs> 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 That's good. Flowtown Ghost said, reminds me I made deer chili over the weekend. Sounds like cornbread might have to be made soon, too. Yes, sir. Some of the best deer chili I've ever had. My college roommate, Paul Mooney, uh, we were freshmen, I believe, in school. We were roommates that freshman year. He was offensive lineman at State from Collins, and we went home to go see his mom and daddy, and she made some deer chili. And I am not kidding you. I ate myself sick at his house. That I ate too much. I ate so much of it that I made myself sick on it. <laughs> it was that good. Uh, and Chris, thanks for sending it along. He sent us his... Um, own personal uh, mac and cheese recipe, and boy, how did, does it look good? We're gonna read that, read over that. Uh, RT mentioned his 
um, relative, what is it? Uh, his his uncle, Shorty McWilliams. He said Shorty. He was four time All SEC. Played at Army with Doc Blanchard. Said Shorty was the first player ever paid to play college football. Army pretending to draft him for World War II only to play football, and he got paid. <laughs> they were serious about it back then, huh? Um, Grumpy said, Matt, when Shorty McWilliams was a freshman, he came to campus. Grumpy's dad showed him the grounds. They became friends for life. How about that? Isn't that cool? That is really cool. Uh, he went on to say, friends for life. And Grumpy's dad would drive to Meridian for lunch with him. Troll Tide Texas show. I think we're talking cornbread here. Says... That is one fine recipe from an outstanding young person. If y'all are wondering what we're talking about, in the first hour, I played an interview with um, a young lady here in, in my hometown of Tupelo. We go to church together. She's friends with my daughter named uh, uh, Olivia Chambers. And Olivia uh, competed in a cook-off, a cornbread cook-off, at the National Cornbread Festival earlier this year and finished in the top ten. And it's a really neat story. It's very good cornbread. And Troll Tide said, that's one fine recipe. Outstanding young person. My twist on cornbread is instead of bacon, cook three-quarter cup or so of your favorite country-pleasing sausage. Empty it from the casing. Cook it in a skillet. Then leave any grease in the skillet. Then prepare as usual. Oh, come on then. So you're saying you make the cornbread in a skillet in sausage grease. That sounds phenomenal. And Bulldog Blitz says that he graduated high school with Paul's wife, Lauren. Glad she's doing better. Boy, I am too. I really am too. So thankful. All right. Um, more Bully on line one of the Divini phone. What's up, More Bully? Matt, what's going on? Not much. How are you? I'm wonderful. So, I don't know if I've hinted to you or not, but do you know what uh, my wife and I's hobby is together? Uh, I don't. No, I, I, don't, I think. No, I don't guess you've mentioned it to me. We cook. Really? Okay. And, and one thing that we say is recipes are just idea starters. Mm-hmm. So good. we fool around with and get them where we want them. And uh, her, one of her specialties is spaghetti, and the other one is broccoli cornbread. Ooh, okay. Have you heard of broccoli cornbread? I don't think I've even heard of that. But I like so the sound of it. Broccoli cornbread's base is not milk, it's sour cream. Which gives it a different consistency. Okay. But, ooh-wee. Yeah. It's some kind of good. It sounds good. It really does. And then my specialties are several different soups, including some of the best chili I can throw on you. Bring that so, on. All right. What I'm going to do is you're going to tell me when you're coming back to Jackson. Okay. And me and you and Beaver are going to have a lunch after after the show. Okay. With my chili and my wife's broccoli cornbread. Yes, I'm all for it. 
I'm all for this idea. And, I've I've heard you do a lot it. of talking. I've heard you do a lot of talking in your in our short time of knowing each other more, bully. This is the best thing yeah. you've ever said. <laughs> uh, I think I said I like your show one time. <laughs> well, but that was Pretty sarcastic. Sure. That was sarcastic. Or at least I took it that way. I took it sarcastically. So. Do you like uh, deviled egg? Sure. Yeah. She, mm, mm, she, she, she can throw some hey, of that on look, When it comes to me, more bully, you don't have to ask those kinds of questions. Don't ask. I forget you're not Brooks. Do you like this? Do you like, I mean... I, I will eat and yeah, like broke. just about anything. Hey, let me tell you what I liked. The last time that I was in the, the Jackson-Madison area, I went to see Jonathan and the folks at Divinity Equipment. This was right around Thanksgiving. And one of the guys who works there, they were having a meal, and I got to partake. And his wife made this this uh, a boudin type of thing, but not like in a casing. It's a big bunch of it in a crock pot have you ever heard of anything like that no i haven't okay it was this that's basically what it was it was like not in something it's all of what's inside of the boudin in a huge crock pot well they didn't eat all of it so they sent me home with a little tupperware full of it and i ate on that stuff for like a week and it was (laughs) some kind of fine i wish i had some more of it right now yeah well uh I'm gonna bring y'all some samples. Okay, we'll cook one day when you're coming. All right, and we'll we'll sit down somewhere and eat. All right, I'll be looking forward All right. to it. All right, man, appreciate you. All right, see you, brother. See you, man. Call me anytime. More bully with the offer, and I think he was serious about it. Well, five years ago, Mike Leach, God rest his soul, he was serious, although they didn't take him seriously when he was telling you how silly this fourteen playoff deal is. Five years ago, it's our duty as college football fans to realize he was right, whether they paid any attention to him or not. Here's what Mike Leach said five years ago. As the mind-numbingly short-sighted notion that four teams for a playoff, you know, somehow establishes something and that that's a very clever approach. I mean, that's such a brilliant approach. That's why everybody does it that way. You know, I mean, nobody does it that way. I mean, if we're so smart, wouldn't all the other sports say, I don't know what, let's have a committee. You know, because why not? Because, you know, we're American. We love committees. Let's get us a committee. Well, who should be on the committee? Well, I don't know. This guy's a good guy. Let's have him on the committee. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's people on the committee that don't even have remote associations with football, nor have they at any level other than being a fan. But you know what? Let's have them on a committee. (laughs) Why not? And then, um, I mean, it'd be fun. We'd go to that resort, we could talk, we could hang out at dinner, and then we'll decide which four teams should go. Because you know why? We don't need to solve this on the field, because we're the ones that know. And then, um, um, so I mean, you know, if we're going to do it that way, we should just ask them at the beginning of the season, you know, just go ahead and you guys vote on it, figure out one, two, three, and four, and why, why even have the games? To me, I mean, that, that's, it's not a playoff. There's nothing to play off about it. And, 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 and this is even if we make it. Even if we make it, my thoughts don't change. Um, um, I mean, how can, you, how can you call it a playoff when, when there's four teams? Uh, conference champions don't even necessarily make the playoffs. Because you know why? Because the committee knew better. 
<laughs> He's so right. He's so right. Conference champs don't even make the playoffs. You know what? The committee knew better. Do, do you? Let me ask you this. Do you find it ironic that they are called playoffs? You find that ironic? They're called playoffs when all the teams that are in them are handpicked. <laughs> Florida State goes 13 and 0. They played 13 games. Won all of them, won their conference, Power 5, not in. Why? Committee says Alabama's better. Uh, they are. Why? They they don't have the, they don't have as good a record. They're better though. They're the best team. <laughs> and and again, <clears throat> Somebody, people were still commenting on the live stream uh, the last couple of days, long after the show was actually over, and that's fine. And somebody said, it sounds like, Matt, you don't like the idea of them not taking the most deserving teams. Well, no, I, they've said it. We're going to put the best four teams. So you're telling me that Georgia's not one of the best four teams? What if Georgia plays Washington right now? Now you tell me. I know who, who would be favored, and I know who would win, right? Right? That's what I know. But I'm not on the committee. What's best, vanilla or chocolate? Ice cream. Interesting. We might even do the cornbread recipe again when we come back. Stick around. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. Hi, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. I got a text here from uh, David. He said, playoffs. It's ironic they call it college football. I play off because you really get picked, right? Playoffs. He says, same as your financial advisor being called a broker. <laughs> it really, yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same way. All right, listen. Calling an audible at the line of scrimmage. For our two listeners that didn't get to catch it in the first hour. Food is more important than sports. And that means that on a day like today, when some people are still talking about the playoffs and the transfer portal and coaching hires and the NCAA president proposing a new model for a subdivision of Division I, major news, all of that pales in comparison to some of the country's best cornbread. It's some of the best cornbread I've ever tasted. And it's made by a 12-year-old girl here in our town of Tupelo. We go to church with her. Her name's Olivia Chambers who participated in a in her age group as a finalist, a top 10 finalist at the Cornbread Cookoff, the National Cornbread Festival in Tennessee earlier this year. And I had a chance to talk with her and she talks about her recipe and I tweeted as you listen to this, I tweeted the recipe, it's out there on Twitter right now. I'm at Radio Wyatt. 
And here's that interview with a star cook and all about her experience at the National Cornbread Festival. Describe for me the experience of going to the cornbread competition. Okay, so I saw the notice in the uh, county newsletter about the competition in February, maybe. Looked into it and I started working on the recipe and cooking it, practicing cooking it. And we submitted the recipe and I got chosen as one of the top 10. So we went to Tennessee. Well, we, we practiced cooking it several times, the plating. And we went to Tennessee and we got there the day before and we kind of walked around the festival, just ha had fun, enjoyed it. And then the next day we got all of the ingredients ready in the hotel room out. And then we took them to the contest and got seats and got everything ready to get started. And kind of looked around, saw what we were gonna be doing, where we were gonna be cooking. And I was in the second half, that, so five of us cooked first, and then the other five of us cooked second. And so I was in the five that cooked second, so I got to see the first five cook before, my, before me, and that was helpful. You, you cooked in the second sort of session at the competition, right? Yes, sir, because there were only five stoves up on the stage. So describe for me, kind of take me into that moment and kind of tell me how you remember it, like being there and you're cooking and how it was all going at that time. I had done it so many times, I pretty much had the recipe memorized, yet I was still scared I was going to forget something. So, of course, I was looking it over, and the judges were up on the stage, kind of above us, but they walked around and talked to us, asked us questions while we were cooking, gave us tips, told us what they liked, how we were, what they, what they liked that we were doing. Then, okay. once we had it out of the oven and on the plate, we just took it up to the table and let them see it and try it. And then they called all of the tin to stand in front of the stage and they gave us all a basket with a skillet in it and some, some things from the Lodge store. It, it was sponsored by, one of the sponsors was Lodge, so they gave out a bunch of, bunch of stuff in the baskets for the top 10. What was it like watching these uh, judges taste and eat the cornbread that you made? What was that like? I think I was trying not to watch. <laughs> but I knew that I had done it so many times and I didn't think I'd done anything wrong. So I wasn't I wasn't too nervous, but some of the others looked really, really nice. And yeah, it was it was really fun. As far as like where you placed and in what group, like what was the final result? So there was the first, second, third, and I was an honorable mention. Awesome. And that was, was that in like in your age group or like overall? It was fourth through sixth grade for the 10 of us. Um, we were fourth through sixth grade. What can you tell me about your recipe of cornbread? And like, is it a secret? Do you keep it a secret? I do not. <laughs> okay. So what kind of, what's your recipe for cornbread like? So it's spicy and it's not too sweet. I don't like sweet cornbread, but it's got a bunch of peppers and it. it's got jalapenos, orange peppers, red bell peppers, and basil in it. And I think that's the most unique and also honey instead of sugar. My grandmother never made sweet cornbread, so I'm used to eating cornbread that's not sweet, but she would add, I think about a tablespoon of sugar, maybe. So see, in my final recipe, I've got one tablespoon of honey instead of the sugar. So that was interesting. And then I drizzled honey on the top for the presentation. And there's no egg also. I think that's wow, interesting. Okay. 
you know, I've tasted it before, so I know how good it is, but it sounds so good when you describe it. Drizzling honey over it, which is something that I don't think I've ever heard that before with cornbread. That is so unique. How'd you come up with that? I wanted to do something other than just putting sugar in it, if I was going to put sugar in it. So I decided I was going to add a little, and I didn't just, I didn't want to just put sugar in it. So I was thinking about things I could do instead of sugar. And I thought honey, because that's used in a lot of things instead of sugar. And my mom wasn't too sure about it. And just, just let me try it one time and see how it turns out. That's what we did. Have you always cooked? Have you always liked cooking? I have. Pretty much since I was little, I would watch cooking shows. My mom says, I don't remember watching cooking shows when I was really little, but she said I love to. And I do, I love, I love, I've always loved to cook, yes. I made it for my uh, school class Thanksgiving feast and what was your family's reaction to, to not only the cornbread when they ate it and tasted it, but to the competition and everything? Well, when my mom found out I was in the top 10 while I was at school, so she found out before I did, obviously, but she came and picked me up and I had no idea. And she, we were driving and then we stopped and she gave me a card and there was a balloon floating around in the car. And I was like, what in the world is going on? I didn't, I didn't think a thing about it. I had no idea that's what it was gonna be. I read the card and it said I had made it in the top 10 of the cornbread competition. I was really excited and I called just about every family member that was available and told them. That is so cool. So I guess um, if there's anybody who hears this and if you have a tip or advice for them in making cornbread or just cooking in general, what would that be? Oh, wow. I have no idea. I will say that um, the judges said they liked the way I tested the batter in the skillet. I put the skillet in the oven with the oil in it to let it heat up. And then I put a little batter out of a spoon into the hot oil in the bottom of the skillet to see if it was ready. The oil was hot enough to put the batter in. And one of the judges was watching me and they said that they liked that. And they also liked the way I chopped the peppers. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your story with me. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, it's as a huge cornbread fan, I just want to say when you gave me some and I tasted it, it's some of the best cornbread I've ever had, hands down. Thank and you. I, I wasn't joking when I said, if you would like to make me some, I'm happy to buy it from you. I'll bring the ingredients to your house. You can show me how to make it. It was really, really good. So high five to you and congratulations. Thank you. All right, hope you enjoyed that uh, conversation with uh, Olivia Hope Chambers, 12-year-old, Tupelo, Mississippi, specifically Belden. That was earlier this year. Uh, she uh, entered and was chosen, got to go up to Tennessee, compete at the National Cornbread Festival in her age group, one of the 10 in her age group who uh, cooked live for the judges and then they tasted it and everything. And uh, it is some some more fine cornbread, too. And uh, that recipe is on Twitter right now. I'm Radio Wyatt, and with her permission, I posted it earlier. Uh, you can go try it out. And uh, many have commented <clears throat> that uh, we may, you know, our future here, we may be in good hands after all with uh, young ones like Olivia coming along. Uh, RT texted the country please and text line says olivia is the brightest elementary student i've ever heard talk she is an excellent speaker and she is exceptional i, I said this earlier we we um maybe maybe everybody feels this way about the kids in their church but our church uh, first baptist in tupelo we have exceptional 
kids of all ages in that church. We are really, really, um, really, really fortunate. Yeah, okay, and the, and the recipes out there. Jalapeno, bell pepper, uh, orange peppers cut up in there. Just a teeny tiny little bit of honey in there and drizzle it with honey at the end of it. Whew. Come on with that. Hey, and also, this is, uh, we got just a little bit of time left, so let's get this in here. You know, I mentioned to you earlier that within the last hour, if you're listening live, middle of the day, within the last hour, uh, Mississippi State football tweeted that Greg Knox was going to be staying, and, and he is on the staff uh, in a position there that's sort of like a former player liaison, but also sort of... Uh, on the off on and off field development. Jason Washington, same thing. You know, Jason Washington came to state under Mike Leach and was a running back's coach last year, transitioned to an off field position. He's staying as well. So Jason Washington has been named Director of Life Skills and NFL Liaison, as well as a leader of the new dog program with Coach Knox as well. DAWG, you can read about it all right there. Football alumni outreach i think that's really really smart all right that'll wrap it up for today's show all of us here in the bureau the farm bureau insurance studio for beaver i'm matt we'll do it again tomorrow same time same place we'll see you then see you